are listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Nathan here. It's an honor to teach you the Word of the Lord. I have been thinking for the last few weeks about how an individual presses to the next level, how a believer acknowledges where they are, what they have learned, things they have survived, and then strives, they decide, they make a mental decision to pursue breakthrough, to pursue next level, to pursue what is beyond the spiritual horizon in their life. Uh, To be fair, we don't always live that way. I don't mean that to say you should feel bad about yourself or anything anything like that. I think it's just an an acknowledgement that there are seasons and times uh, in our life. However, sometimes we're too comfortable and what we need is a is a spiritual challenge. We need an awakening. Uh, to use a favorite apostolic word, we need revival. We have become complacent and we need something to say there is work, there is victory, there is purpose, there is anointing, and you need to strive, you need to press. Now, what would that look like for <clears throat> you? What would that look like for me? Um, I've, I've thought about this, and um, I, I, want, I want to help. Um, I, want to, I want to assist anyone who is deciding that it is, a t- it is time for them to pursue uh, the next spiritual level in their life. And I'm going to try to finish this up tonight, but it's probably going to be something that I, I need to finish next week. Uh, because there's there's a lot of scriptural instruction, and there is uh, a lot of practical spiritual advice, and we want to do both. Um, we want to understand the themes and doctrines of scripture, but we also want to have the 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 practical efforts in our place and time to access those themes and doctrines uh, in the here and now. So let me read Joshua 13 verse number one. <clears throat> now Joshua was old advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, you are old. Now, when God tells you, you're old, honey, you are old. When we were kids, we used to say, you're so ugly, your mama says you're ugly, when we were insulting each other, as if to say, if your mama said it, mm, you were hopeless. When God says you are old, honey, yeah, you are you are AARP for days, no offense, I'm getting letters from the uh, AARP nowadays. So anyway, before I get discouraged, let me continue. The Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years, <clears throat> and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Think about that. The Lord speaks to Joshua and says, <clears throat> you're past your prime, buddy, but there's a lot of land yet to be possessed. Um, This image right here of God challenging the believer, challenging uh, an individual with a call upon their life, uh, uh, someone who is a recipient of divine covenant, and basically goading. Now, goading isn't a word we use much now, but it is a word, if you've been around church, you've heard it. But in the Bible, the image that's often given to help people understand how God provokes and how God stirs and how God challenges is how they used to move um, livestock. Uh, 
Um, the interesting thing is a goad is primarily used with uh, stubborn animals, um, animals that challenge, like, uh, like a, a cattle. A goad is not used with sheep. Uh, now, I know some pastors pastor sheep with goads, but that's not really how it's used. The sheep will follow the sound of your voice. Um, but cattle, they pretty much have their own thing going. <laughs> and you have to have a goad. And they don't want to go, and you have a point, a, a, a stick with a sharp point on it, and you're like, <clears throat> you're going. And you goad them. You, you poke them with the sharp end of that stick, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And then they start to think, if I stay here, he's going to stick me again with that dumb thing. So I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> the goading of the Lord is uh, this image of reluctance and yet divine insistence. Did you see that? Human reluctance and divine insistence were like, I like it here. And the Lord's like, stick. Uh, <clears throat> no. Ow. Really? Yes. Move. Stick. Ow. Really? I did that intentionally because that's exactly where some of us are in God. We are the person comfortable, at ease, and the Lord goads us. And we're like, ah, really? Um, yes, really. Uh, the Lord will challenge us to go to the next spiritual spiritual level. Um, if you look <clears throat> in the book of Deuteronomy, now this would have been before the time of Joshua, um, and the Lord says to, uh, well, not before the time of Joshua, but he, he was around, but uh, you know, in the outline, uh, the order of the books of the Bible, Joshua's after Deuteronomy. So his story begins at the end of Deuteronomy. But here, uh, the Lord speaks to the children of Israel at Horeb, and he says, <clears throat> you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. The Lord is moving them. The Lord is provoking them. Uh, we don't move to the next level spiritually, uh, often without the Lord in some way insisting. Um, I, I don't, if the Lord would grant us the ability to feel the drawing of his heart, perhaps we would be drawn through the call of God, the anointing of God. We wouldn't have to be uh, goaded, so to speak. But what's the next level in your life? Probably you don't know exactly. Probably I don't know exactly for the next level in my life. It is very rare in the scripture where the individual of the person of faith understands the dimensions of the next level. So whenever you are tempted in you know, a moment of emotion to define your next level with specificity, um, remember, I'm not saying you don't have it. I'm just saying biblically that's actually pretty rare. Um, it's much safer for us to be a willing vessel than it is for us to be a prophet concerning ourselves. A lot of uh, blessing theology falls into this trap where I'm a prophet, but what I really prophesy is what I want for me. Um, okay, so that is not, looks not all wrong, um, but I want you to see the risk, uh, the dangers that are underneath 
the person who wants to feel the presence of God concerning uh, themselves and their own wishes. There's, I'm not saying it's 100% wrong. I'm just saying there's risks here that we should walk humbly before the Lord. And what we should more often say, uh, I think, is a safer place. Um, we should more often say uh, things that sound like this. I am hungry. I am ready. I am willing. Show me the door to knock on. Sometimes the Lord opens the door for you, and sometimes he shows you the door. In fact, the younger you are in your faith, uh, the more likely it is, in my experience, uh, to have the Lord open doors for you. The more developed and strong you get in your spiritual maturity, the more likely it is that God will show you the door and ask you to knock on it. Now, why does this, why does this matter? Because there's different testimonies and types of testimonies. One testimony is of God's greatness. God doing what you and I could never do. And there's another testimony of us becoming like Him. This is the testimony of stewardship, do you see? So you'll see this in the story of the children of Israel. Yes, God got them out of Egypt. They didn't have to do anything but walk out. God did it for them. But He would not do the same thing in the promised land. They had the testimony of divine intervention and divine deliverance. What they needed was the testimony of spiritual becoming spiritual uh, accomplishment. You see, our testimony cannot simply be that, you know, we're the special kids and we have a, a, a deal with heaven and he scratches our back and we scratch, we scratch his back. And um, this is like the Job story here. What we have is the testimony of God and then we have the testimony of what God can do through the submitted heart in life. As believers, we need both. Now, the next level in my personal experience is much more about you knocking on doors that God shows you than it is God opening doors for you. If you've been serving God for a long time and you're still asking for God to open the doors and God to do the work, and God, you may be missing a testimony of spiritual maturity where you pray differently and you say, God, I would like you to show me where to demonstrate good stewardship. You show me the door to knock on, and I'll knock on it. I am not too good to have to deal with no after no after no. I am not. Do you see what I'm saying? It's different testimonies. So God brings you out of Egypt, but he lets you struggle with the promised land. What is your next level? Uh, it may be a place of calling in your life. It may be a higher calling to a, uh, a work, a ministry, um, uh, arena of, of, of serving and giving and volunteering. Um, it may be a, a higher level of spiritual responsibility, such as the intercessor, uh, such as the person who is able to carry others in their heart. <clears throat> You'll see the difference uh, first in your prayer. Um, uh, once you're able to carry others in your heart, your prayers will become more and more less about you and more about others. That is to carry a higher spiritual responsibility. Um, for Joshua, there is a story of a nation becoming an independent people. This is the story of Israel. Now, what we learn from this is not how to start our own country. What we learn is spiritual lessons that are woven in the story of the house of Israel. This is important. Um, otherwise, the Old Testament 
always reads as something that is uh, um, at best um, out of date with modern reality. Uh, at worst, it can be something that reflects the worst of the human heart in that generation. Uh, it's not that these are um, what we do. We don't build nations, so to speak. But what we do is we are given certain stories. We're not given all the stories. You notice that there's many battles <clears throat> that they fought, but we have the we have the stories of a handful of them. So we're not given all the stories. We're given selected ones. Why? Because and Paul explains this. Because in these stories, these selected stories that make it into God's canon of his divine word given to us is because threaded through them is spiritual story, spiritual understanding, spiritual illustration. So uh, here's Joshua. For them, the next level was unclaimed territories. Uh, If you were to read in uh, the the scripture, uh, you will find a place where uh, many of the tribes had their lands, two and a half tribes, so, and this is in Joshua 13, two and a half tribes had gotten their land of promise east of the Jordan, but the rest of the tribes did not have their land. All their land was west of Jordan. And this was the challenge that the Lord faced Joshua with. Um, you, look, you, there's a lot of land let yet to uh, claim. Um, and their challenge in their moment was to <clears throat> kind of get their momentum back, get their focus back, organize themselves, and possess a land that the Lord had given through spiritual covenant to their, to their, uh, to their father, Abraham. Uh, many generations, of course, but, but you understand. For us, we aren't in the business of possessing lands. Um, we, we do not, you see, in the Old Testament, they know God through a promise. See, th- there was still a, a separation between the holiness of God and the fallen heart of humanity. Do you see? What Christ accomplished at Calvary was a removal of this separation. And so your relationship with God is not in the form of a covenant promise to a people. Your relationship with God is your opportunity to know him in the 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 holy place of your life, to know him in that place where the, the mercy seat is and the glory of God is presence and the Shekinah dwells. This is your relationship with him. This is your continued life of praise and worship. Uh, this is you becoming the temple of the Lord. And so I want you to, I want us to understand how we learn from the Old Testament. For them, it was this land. For us, it is spiritual land. It's not literal land, physical land. It's spiritual land. It's not a place of conquest of the physical. It's a place of conquest of the spiritual. That's why the story, back in a different day, is in the spiritual writings for us today because the lessons are profound and uh, attached. Uh, One example of this is how uh, Caleb was able to, to, in spite of his advanced age, uh, in spite of his natural, uh, shall we say, the decline of his physical abilities, um, when they come into the promised land, he looks at the mountain filled with giants and he says, give me that, give me that. This is audacious faith. This is, uh, this is reckless. Um, we all of us get a little nervous with reckless faith, but 
Caleb demonstrates something spiritually that is that is profoundly instructive to the believer today. So um, I'm not going to. There's a lot more to be said about pursuing your next level, um, finding, seeking. Uh, praying, claiming your next level. Um, so I, 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 let me, rather than trying to compress it all into this, I'll deal with some of the, those things next week. But I want to give you three things that your next level is going to grow out of. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about some scriptural um, images of teaching that the Lord gives us for pursuing the next level spiritually. We'll do that next week. Um, let me talk about the soil out of which your next level is going to grow. So there are three things that will enable, empower your next level. You need to understand this, or your spiritual reality will be more frustration than it is progress. Now, that's not, look, I don't judge you. I, that's been a story of my life more often than I care to admit. I, I want to have a sense of breakthrough. I want to see what my next step is. I want to see, I want you, I want to help you see, shall we say, <laughs> what your next step is. But there are three things that are foundational. This literally is what it's going to come out of. So let me give you the first one. The first thing that your breakthrough is going to grow out of is spiritual discipline. Um, yes, I know no one gets excited about that. Um, but I'm telling you, do you, you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to just make you feel good? Um, I, you know, I can, I can jump and hop with anybody, but I'm telling you, this is, this is true. Your next level is going to grow out of spiritual discipline. Yes, prayer. You're not going to get to the next level on the old level's prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? How do you address this in your life? You need to think about it. Uh, worship is a spiritual discipline. Prayer is a spiritual dis discipline. Meditation. I don't mean in an Eastern sense. I mean in a biblical sense where I take the words of God and I hide them in my heart. I dwell upon them. I don't dwell upon news and politics and sports. None of that stuff's wrong in itself. I'm just saying your focus. Um, I meditate upon the word of the Lord. I pursue biblical and spiritual knowledge. Now, biblical knowledge is the foundation of spiritual knowledge. I'm not trying to present a, 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 a secondary source of knowledge, but I'm saying I, I myself have known the scriptures uh, and then struggled to implement it. So there's a transition that happens from scripture to spiritual. What you know on the page and what you can do in the life you live, in the day in which you stand. And so uh, prayer, worship, Meditation, spiritual meditation, knowledge, both biblical and spiritual knowledge. And here's the big one, victory over self, victory over flesh, victory over pride. Um, the next level is going to require spiritual disciplines. Just because you felt something special at a meeting and you enjoyed it, that is not breakthrough. <laughs> That's experience. Breakthrough is going to grow out of spiritual disciplines. If I tell you anything else, I'm a liar and the truth is not in me. If I tell you anything else, this is the honest truth. Spiritual disciplines becomes the soil out of which your next level will grow. The second thing, spiritual connection. 
Um, you are placed by God intentionally. You cannot go into your private monastery um, and hide from the place, the time, the people, the family, the friends. You must have spiritual connection. Your next level is not about your chill bump machine. Your next level is about your ability to take God's power and connect it to this world's need, this generation's brokenness. Do you see? Spiritual discipline, number one. Number two, spiritual connection. You have to connect to people. You have to connect to God. You have to be the bridge of connection. So the first one, spiritual discipline, that's your connection to God. Do you see? The second one, spiritual connection, that is your understanding you have been placed by God. You have been intentionally ordered. Your steps have been ordered. God has placed you in a local church. I know there's lots of people who want to come up with ministry outside the local church, but I, I just want to remind you, I don't want to argue about it and fight about it, but I want to remind you, uh, the local church is not our idea, it's God's idea. Do you see? It wasn't my plan to come up with them. Oh, let's come up with something whereby I get to be a full-time preacher. No, <laughs> I've worked almost all my life. I'm not afraid of work. <laughs> That's not my idea, it's God's idea. You have to be connected with others. The I doesn't get to say to the hand, I have no need of you. Do you see? So where we, what, what is our next level going to grow out of? Spiritual discipline, spiritual connection. Some of us want to go hide in a prayer closet because we're antisocial and then pretend we're powerful. No. <laughs> Peter, you don't get to stay on the mountaintop. There's demon-possessed children <clears throat> down below. We're going back down there. Don't build a temple here. All right, so the third thing, <clears throat> number one was spiritual discipline, number two is spiritual connection, and number three, this actually in many ways is the hardest, spiritual confidence. Now, I talked about this last week because all of this is coming together kind of in a, a project um, a series of sorts. Um, spiritual confidence is when you are able to stand with Caleb and say, give me this mountain. Now, here's the thing. People were dying in the battles. It wasn't like Caleb knew he was going to survive, but spiritually it was worth the risk. I just said a whole mouthful right there. I just, I just, I just said a lot because that's what spiritual uh, confidence um, really looks like. I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in God. And if I fell in this endeavor, it was worth it. Why was it worth it? Because it was for God. Spiritual confidence is what enables a life of faith. Spiritual confidence is what enables words of faith. Um, spiritual confidence, remember, not, not in you, in God. Spiritual confidence is what empowers the demonstration of heaven's power in the here and now. So faith is easy when you're standing in spiritual confidence. Faith feels impossible when your confidence has taken a hard blow or a hard hit. Uh, this is one of the reasons why it's so painful when churches have um, conflict uh, within them and without them. Um, uh, we, we, we're always struggling uh, with the friction of one another. That's intentional. It's not an accident. If you go to a church and someone gets on your nerves, that's not an accident. That's intentional. Now, I didn't plan it. I didn't have to. It was just an emergent phenomenon. God uses others to smooth the rough edges off of us. Yes. And so 
In the same manner, the church can find it difficult to get along with other churches. Um, and this is the point where we have to allow um, this, this, this combination of humility and trust in God to emerge. You have to allow this to happen. And you have to be careful not to, to, to give away um, your confidence uh, through, look, when do we have confidence with God? When do we have peace with God? When, when our conscience doesn't condemn us, then we have, we have confidence with God. Um, that's why that kind of discord is so disheartening uh, and so damaging to spiritual confidence because our conscience condemns us and spiritual confidence is lost. So three things out of which your next level will grow, okay? Number one, spiritual discipline. It's not enough for them to sing your favorite song. I mean, you know, your the, the conference you went to is awesome, but I'm telling you, that was an experience. <laughs> and we need experience, don't get me wrong. Spiritual discipline will look like prayer, worship, meditation, spiritual meditation, uh, spiritual knowledge, uh, 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 th- these things of learning and growing spiritually and victory over self. You can't take your ego to the next level. It will find you there, but I'm telling you, the process of becoming will be have a crushing within it. Now, once you're there and the next level becomes ordinary, your ego is going to come back and you're going to have to put it under the blood. Um, but to get there, I'm telling you, there is a crushing, a spiritual crushing function that prepares us for transition. Uh, Second thing, spiritual connection. The first connection to God was enabled through spiritual discipline, okay? If you don't have that, all you have is connection with people, I'm telling you, you're just another voice in a sea of voices. Does that make sense? You've gotta have uh, the vertical and you have to have the horizontal. Um, You've heard me teach a lot about this, so I I won't spend much time on it. The third thing is spiritual confidence. So spiritual discipline, spiritual connection, spiritual confidence. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for someone right now who is filling within them the draw of God. They are filling within them the challenge of the Spirit, and they want to discover what their breakthrough looks like. They want to discover what it's going to be like in their life to get to the next level. I'm praying for them right now, Lord Jesus. I'm praying for myself. I'm praying for our church. Let us have revival. Let us lead others to a right relationship with you. Let us transcend some of the stuff that has held us back, the pain of the past, uh, the regrets, uh, all of the little petty getting on nerves of other believers and all, all that silly distraction. Lord, save us from that. If we get in that, we lose spiritual confidence. We have to stay focused. Give us wisdom, I pray. Give us the words to say to help others who are seeking. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. God bless you. See you Sunday. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.